If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Just Saying with Justin Martindale. I am Justin Martindale, and have we got a show for you. First of all, uh, we hope you had a wonderful Labor Day weekend. I am officially done with summer. John, how are you? Melting. Melting by the second. Dude, it is unbearable. It's, it's, it's a whole nother level of hell. I don't know what's going on. I'm actually like sweating. I'll tell you what's going on. Greta Thunberg was right. She told us. She <laughs> gave us a warning and we didn't listen. Our feeble, stupid human ears just couldn't take the truth. And now we're doomed to melt for eternity. How dare we? It's... Brutal. It it reached over 100 degrees all over across Southern California. And here's the thing. We don't like it. <laughs> because we normally we have amazing weather. That's what we all are here for. Uh, the amazing weather and the cheap fentanyl around the corner. But that's a joke. That was totally a joke. Um, but um, I'm from Texas originally, and I'm used to heat. I'm used to a nice Texas summer where it was like 108 or whatever, and you're like, oh, it's hot. But you know what? They have humidity there. You know what? California doesn't have humidity. So when it gets to like 106, that's desert 106. Yeah. Everyone keeps saying, oh, but New York has humidity. I've never sweat while I was in the shower. My genitals at one point left my body. <laughs> it, it quit. It like walked down my leg, out from under my shoe, hitchhiked down the road. And apparently my junk is in, you know, uh, North Dakota or something now. Ready for fall. It's awful. And you know what's even grosser? People. Hot, <laughs> hot, bothered people people i'm talking about la is awful anyways when it comes to like human interaction um but more so when it's just hot and everyone's just sick of it and each other and everything going on in the world like rent was due this week of course it was and it, when it was 104 degrees <laughs> at one point like cars are just stopping in the middle of the street because they don't want to like find a parking spot. They're just like, ah, this is good. I'll put my hazards on and just 
hold up traffic. What could go wrong? I'll tell you what could go wrong. Complete anarchy. Have you I been- saw a dude hitting his car. Like, or it could have been his car. It could have not been his car. Pounding on this car, kicking it, screaming at it. I was like, God, we're we're doomed. Have you done the belly room le- recently? Oh no! <laughs> Are you kidding me? I know what goes on in the belly room in September. It's awful. Bad. It's if very, you don't know what the bad. belly room is, it's where you know <clears throat> they have like. Uh, development spots and um, every now and then they'll have like a bringer show and they'll put on um, some paid regulars but it's upstairs it's our upstairs room here at the comedy store no AC or they have it and it's always broken or some ghost is just like not today I'm pulling this switch but it is unbearable why because heat rises so you will just get up there I mean they're I want to say like what back in June, the AC and the OR was broken and everyone and they were like, the show must go on. I'm like, people are passing out like we're at a Georgia church. Literally, someone someone passed out. We had oh, yeah. And we had like business guests in and they just see someone passing out and being escorted out of the build. I'm like, this is not good. But the show must go on Hollywood. <clears throat> God. So I'm hydrating. I encourage everyone to hydrate because we can't hydrate enough. So this is some, I don't know, electrolyte, cancer-causing powder I'm drinking, I'm sure. But you know what? I'm going to be hydrated and dewy just for you. But with that said, I had a really good Labor Day weekend. I'm done. I did it. Summer is over. As soon as Labor Day is over, it's fall. Even though it's 105 degrees, I'm ready I'm feeling a little Salt Bay-ish today. I've got the white shirt on. I have my glasses that John said do not look good on camera, but I'm just going to pop them. What? It looks like you're giving out summonses. Thank you so much. (laughs) I appreciate that. (laughs) Correct. But yeah, no, what I did this weekend, I got out of town. I went to the beach because I'm a smart person. I went to a wonderful beach. I'm not going to tell you the location of it because I don't want it to be overpopulated and not available to go but it's beautiful it's one of my favorite beaches in la uh it's north on uh north of malibu and very picturesque i saw a proposal this is what i like about this beach there's always something there you're either going to see an engagement happen you're going to see um some sort of uh a photo shoot happen either engagement photos or um baby shit what do they do baby like pregnancy photos oh you know what i'm talking about yeah where the woman's like look what i did i created life and i'm at the beach i'm so brave and i'm at the beach yeah so you're always gonna get something but my favorite is a good engagement proposal slash modeling headshots whether it's like a girl or a guy, whatever, and they're just posing with their like amazing bodies, and they're just like, ha ha, and the pictures that follow. I have a picture where I actually photobomb this woman's shot, where I grabbed a whole bunch of seaweed and put it around my neck, and I'm in the background just like posing, <laughs> and I'm and they didn't tell me to stop, so I don't know, but I have that picture. I'll probably show it somewhere on my Instagram soon. But it was great. Went with some friends of mine. We brought a shade tent. I had no idea about the power and majesty of a shade tent at the beach that I did this weekend. Is that just a tent? 
It's a tent. It's a shade tent. It is a structure that shades the area. A tent. There, a sh- is, there are shade tents all over Hollywood Boulevard. No, it's not like a homeless tent. This is like a beach tent. <laughs> oh, okay. There's a difference. <laughs> this one you don't like get in and like, you know, There's open live wall. in. It's, 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 just, it's like four spokes and you put a, a shade tent over it and it creates a shady space for your, your beach. Uh, uh, what's it called? Your beach uh, Stuff. palette. Yeah, so it's it's a homeless tent Palette. without it's a homeless tent without the walls. <clears throat> yes, we don't like walls at our beaches. <laughs> but yes, game changer. It was so fun. We watched a uh, an engagement happen, which I thought was really funny because in LA, everyone wants to make everything about themselves. So like this guy's trying to propose to his fiance, and everyone's like, "Woo, we did it! <laughs> oh my god, you guys look." They did it. I'm like, you don't even know these people. People were like on their phones like, oh, my God, love is love. <laughs> I'm like, get get out of here. You're ruining this moment for them. <sighs> and then we went to a an amazing place. If you're ever in um, Malibu, Broad Street, uh, Oystery, uh, Oystery, Oyster Bar, which is so great. Awesome food. Great beers. Way fun. And the beach, the best waves, so much fun. I was like a child. Just these waves were so big, and just like everyone was having a blast. There were the waves that, like, the water's just perfect, and the waves are so scary enough where you're not getting dragged out into the ocean. But like everyone thinks at any point you could. Way fun to the point where everyone just gets like decimated on the beach, and then they all stand up and they're all laughing because they get to live another day. Yeah, it's a game of guess who. Like, who didn't pop out of the water? Exactly. They're like, I did it. I did it. Um, Yes, so that was way fun. And then actual Labor Day, I went and saw an amazing movie, which I highly recommend everyone go see. It stars Tilda Swinton and Idris Elba. It's called 3,000 Years of Longing. It is directed by George Miller, who directed uh, Mad Max Fury Road. And it is awesome. I had a blast. I was sitting in the air conditioning where God intended me to be. And it's a Tilda Swinton movie. Every gay was there. It was kind of crazy. Like every <laughs> like they were like, ah, we did the beach yesterday or the day before. Now we're gonna go see a Tilda Swinton movie. And I'm like, this tracks. This is my this is my tribe. Idris Alba plays a hot genie. That's been locked in uh, a bottle for like 3,000 years. Tilda Swinton is like this lame, like educated woman. Not lame. Like she's just kind of like she doesn't have a family. She doesn't have a partner. She's just kind of like alone in the world. And, you know, her her biggest strength is knowledge and like her knowing things. And so she finds this genie bottle on a trip. And it's like her and this genie are just like kicking in this hotel room. And he's talking about all these, all the people he has served like in the past. And it's really, really cool. I highly recommend it. Go see it in theaters. This is a good theater movie. Take an edible, maybe a shroom. It's a genie. This isn't the one where he fights the lion. No, that's beast. (laughs) Nobody wants to see that movie. I don't care. That movie was already done. Like back in the 90s. Hold on. I'm going to look it up real quick because that's going to bug me. Um, I just see this image on every billboard of him fighting a lion. I'm like, this you can't know what? Be good. Idris Elba can. He can fight a lion. Idris Elba can get it. He's 
he's smoking as a genie. I will say that. Because I feel like Beast or this Idris album, I think it's called Beast. Yeah. Right? It's like, there's only one leader of the pack, and that's family. I don't know. But it reminds me of uh, The Ghost in the Darkness, which was a 90s movie with, um, what's his name? Michael Douglas. I don't remember that. Where it's like a man and this lion is ruining this village, and he has to, like, you know, protect it or whatever. But, yeah, so this one coming out with Idris Elba is just like, leave my family alone, you crazy lion. But, yes, I highly recommend go see the Tilda Swinton movie, uh, Idris Elba, 3,000 Years of Longing. Really, really fun. Great storytelling, and that's what I miss about films. Um, And going into films, the shit show festival <laughs> of the year the Venice Film Festival is currently happening right now in Venice, of all places. Italy, not California. <laughs> Gross. But everything is just on fire. Like, there have been some highlights. There have been some lowlights. Um, I mean, I want to uh, start off by saying, you know, you every year you get your fashion celebrity interactions everyone's talking about like the big hot movies to watch for what's going to be the uh um the front runner for oscar season or or, or or golden globe season um and sometimes they happen and sometimes nobody says anything but this one apparently is just a mess because um there is a movie that's coming out called Don't Worry, Darling, um, that Olivia Wilde has directed. It looks pretty good. I, th I thought it looked pretty good. And then you hear about what's going on behind the scenes. The right. Movie. And you're kind of like, oh, no. Like, first, the Venice Film Festival kicks off. Timothy Chalamet shows up wearing this, like, androgynous, like, red number, which I don't like it. Wait, can we talk? So he came out, I guess, maybe was that where he said... The inner, the uh, social media, like this is a, a bad time to be alive because of social media. I was like, dude, you showed up in a dress and were praised on social media. Where is this going poorly? Well, I mean, it's just attention. Yeah, it, it's annoying. Oh, I hope this is why everything's so bad right now. I can't even wear this this <laughs> outfit that no one else would wear ever. <laughs> and people are talking about it. Boo-hoo. But wah, they're wah. praising him. They're not even trashing him. Twitter's doing the opposite that it usually does. They're praising him for showing up in like a women's dress. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But what are you complaining about, dude? It's the, the outfit's not bad. I'm not going to say it, it, it wasn't bad. It's just one of those outfits that only Timothy Chalamet can wear. So, yeah, good for you. But at the same time, it was like it was a reach. It was weird. It was a reach. It was a reach. So this movie is all stacked up with celebrities. It's got. Olivia Wilde, Harry Styles, Florence Pugh, Gemma Chan, Nick Kroll, uh, Dita Von Teese. Did, did I name them all? Did you say Chris Pine? Who? Chris Pine. Oh, right. Chris Pine. <laughs> and Chris Pine. I forgot about him. But didn't we all after Wonder Woman 84? Pretty much. Ugh. Um, so this movie, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Because at first... This movie was coming out, and it was like Olivia Wilde's, like, opus, right? She's like, I'm making this movie. Harry Styles is in it. He's my boyfriend. 
And he was like the one that we needed because there's this innocence yet power in this character that he's playing. And he was the only one we needed. And then Shia LaBeouf was like, actually, bitch, um, I have something to say. And then everyone was gagged. We were like, what? They were like, yes. Shia LaBeouf was like, actually, I was cast in this film originally as the Harry Styles character. However, I was, uh, I quit. Um, well, that, which, came, that came out because, what's her name? Olivia Wilde didn't have to say. he was fired. She didn't have to say anything. And she came out and said he was fired. Yeah. Olivia Wilde is like, actually, you were fired. And Shia is like, actually, I have the receipts. <laughs> Shia's receipts. Shia's receipts. Shia LaBeouf has receipts. Who knew? Now, I wasn't I didn't I didn't think Shia LaBeouf was a receipt kind of uh, collector, but he was. And he said, no, actually, I left because there weren't enough rehearsals. This was a very unprofessional film. Uh, a set and uh, yeah I left and so Olivia's gooped because she's like well I guess I'll I'll just cast my boyfriend and now everyone knows that Shia LaBeouf was supposed to play this character also Shia LaBeouf complained about Florence Pugh kind of being a diva and kind of being hard to work with well I think he gets he's very method and I I don't think anybody else on that set was method. Right. So he wanted to do these intense uh these intense rehearsals. So it's he's not completely innocent. He wanted to do these intense rehearsals and For Florence Pugh because of his history with abuse with uh F FK Twigs? Is that who it was? Good for you. Yes. FK yeah. FK Twigs. FK Twigs. FK No, I think it's FKA formerly known as. I don't know. Um but because of the past history there, Pew, uh, Pew didn't want to do those like detailed rehearsals, which probably involved a lot of making out and like potentially abusive scenarios. And so she she wouldn't do it. And then this all ensued. And and Olivia Wilde apparently went to Florence Pugh and begged her to work with him. Then when she refused, decided that she has to tell him he won't do it and probably told Pew she fired him. Right. And then had to keep with that story in the press. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Oh, Look how man. much you've grown because of this podcast. I dislike Olivia Wilde to yeah. a, a very high extent where I want to make sure everything she does. Is well, and there was also that that clip of her, Olivia Wilde, talking to Shia. And she's like, no, well, let me just talk it over with Florence and we'll make everything better. So this also was like day three of shooting. So the mess, <laughs> this is just like that is a huge red flag. When, like, everything is just falling apart right at the beginning of the film. So, they all show up. Uh, this is a, a, a messy, succulent, juicy mess of the Venice Film Festival. So, here's what we have so far. Uh, Florence Pugh, once the boat taxis arrive at the premiere, Florence Pugh, who leads the direct, uh, Olivia Wilde directed movie, skips the photo call and the press conference to begin the day, only arriving in Venice in time to walk the red carpet for its premiere. Gugga! At the conference, <laughs> I mean, my God. That's kind of spectacular. At the conference itself, Olivia Wilde dodged a journalist 
question about clearing the air on Pew's absence, saying that she loved Pew's work in the movie and didn't want to feed, quote, quote, endless tabloid gossip. Then when Florence Pugh did arrive for the red carpet in screening, there was absolutely no interaction between her or Olivia Wilde or Olivia Wilde and her boyfriend, Harry Styles, or Florence Pugh and Henry Styles, Harry Styles. So Gemma Chan, Chris Pine, and Nick Kroll were all placed in the middle of this group of assholes. <laughs> like they were like the, the this article says that like they were siblings needing to be broken up because they can't stop fighting. Um so I think it's interesting because they got, you know, at the Venice Film Festival, you get like a 15-minute long standing ovation or whatever. Every movie gets like the standing ovation. Olivia Wilde's not even seen looking over at Florence Pugh, vice versa. Harry and Chris Pine are like sitting right next to each other, not even like looking at each other. And there's more to come from because today we had to pass the viral torch. It was um, J-Lo hates Virgos. But now... The story that's rocking the internet was that Harry Styles allegedly spit on Chris Pine. <laughs> First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. And not for Wonder Woman 84. This shook everything. First of all, I don't recall many. The only the only spit that I remember iconic spit is Flavor of Love, season one, when New York and Punkin, that was, those are their birth names, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> Punkin spat on New York, which we had never seen before. And New York went after her. New York described how bad it smelled. It was like, it was. it's a great clip. If you haven't seen Punkin spitting on New York, it's epic. But I was also like... Was there any other like famous spits? This is this is how we we live in two different worlds. The only notable spit that I know is I think it was SummerSlam ninety two. Uh, it was like a wrestling event where Bret Hart was robbed of a title and spit on Vince McMahon. But that's wrestling. Well, you're watching Flavor of Love. What are we talking Flavor about here? Flavor of Love is not, well, yes, it I is mean, a contact sport. What are we talking about? You're right. Flavor of Love is definitely a contact sport. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely weave pulling. Yeah, and, they've hit each other. Yeah, yeah. 
But this kind of was kind was a was a shock to everyone because it was just like Harry Styles, who is like this golden boy right now, and everyone loves him, to actually spit on Chris Pine, spit on somebody. It's so disrespectful. People say that spitting on someone is the most is the lowest you can go. Do you think that's true? I think so. Yeah. Like spitting on someone. It's like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's way below hitting them. Like you yeah. hit you hit them, it's a it's an act of like anger, but you spit on them, it's like an act of disrespect. Like ugh. Yeah. Tuh. Peasant. Yeah. Tuh. So, like I said, we're going to do a quick recap. Olivia Wilde replaced Shia LaBeouf with Harry Styles uh to protect quote quote, that's what she said, Florence Pugh unless he quit before he was fired. Then there was the custody papers and lack of sex in the trailer. Chris Pine was seen zoning out during a press conference. I forgot about that, where he's just like staring. No one knows what's going on. Of course, now we have hashtag spitgate. Did he get spit on? Was there spit? We need to know about fluid exchange. Uh, One woman who is not dating uh, Harry Styles, knows for sure. New evidence is now being rumored in the form of a mystery woman. Ugh, a mystery woman at the Venice Film Festival, how avant-garde, who is sitting behind both actors and may have caught the entire exchange on her phone. Now fans are taking to social media to demand the unknown woman come forward! Come forward, who are you? (laughs) According to photos taken at the event, the woman who is seated two rows behind the singer... And Chris Pine was the closest person to the altercation except Wilde, who was looking the other way at the time. Yeah, she better was looking the other way the other whole time. So now it broke. I even said this before we shot this podcast. It has come out that now we're scrapping the spit. Because Chris Pine now says that Harry did not spit on him. He said he might have dropped a pen. Okay. The spit has hit the fan. I'm exhausted from this. The fact that this is news and they had to bring in experts. <laughs> that that story. Hello, you I me? am uh, Reginald Van Jones and I am a spit expert. <laughs> yeah, you sent me that link. What was it? A body, a body, some kind of body positioning expert. This is nonsense. Wait, what? Didn't you send me a link somebody, about they brought in an expert on body language? Oh, yes, I did. Yes, the bot. Yes. So now there's like a body language expert and they're like, no, that wasn't what happened. That's not what happened. He's <laughs> it's insane. First of all, I think Chris Pine is just stroking out. I think that's what's <laughs> happening. If he's not looking into the camera at the at the conference and he's just kind of like, whatever, who knows? He could probably think that something fell down from the ceiling or whatever. I don't think Harry Styles would spit on somebody. I think that's like I don't think. I think Harry's too much of a gentleman to do that. I thought it was weird that he didn't sit next to Olivia. Well, I think they wanted to, like, keep it cool. Well, that was the other Florence Pugh thing. I think she disliked that Olivia and Harry were seeing each other while she had to do all these intense scenes with him. Yeah. That's got to be weird for her, but... The whole thing was a shit show. This thing better not suck, or it's going to be a problem. I think. Yeah, I think they just wanted, like them to be separated so there's no canoodling in the uh film festival you know venice doesn't fall for this isn't a regal cinema 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the theater situation is. Venice Film Festival, sure. I don't know. It could be just like some abandoned like spirit Halloween store for the rest <laughs> of the year. And then they're like, oh, the festival's here. Let's put the seats back in. It's glamorous. <laughs> but I will say one of my favorite moments so far. Oh, by the way, do you think this is going to like affect the film? What do you mean? Uh, oh, I think people are going to want to. It's it's going to get eyes just because of Florence Pugh and Harry Styles. But I think people are going to want to see if they were able to create something to like out of the fire, out of the ashes, comes some kind of final project. Um, it's I think people it's going to pique people's interest. I think it's going to do well. I already forgot what the name of this movie is. Don't worry. Don't worry, darling. Yes. Okay, I'm going to look it up real quick. I think it's going to do well just because there's nothing else out. Halloween kills. Uh, Halloween ends. How many times are we going to see the same Halloween movie? I know. Hold on. Let me look it up real quick. Which we should we should go. We should make sure that we report back and do uh, the weekend's Halloween Horror Nights. Because that looks insane. The weekend is doing a haunted house. I can't wait to go. I'm actually going to do that. It's going to be insane. I do that every year, and it's. I haven't gone the past two years. Yeah, I, yeah. The weekend has like a new Halloween horror maze, and I'm like, what? Isn't it just him quitting halfway through his set at a show? <laughs> he loses Which, his did voice. Did you see that? Yeah. What a nightmare. He loses his voice. Yeah. Which I was just like. He's like, I can't sing anymore. Well, Bye. To be fair, <laughs> okay. that happened to Nikki Glaser too. She just had to. Cut, yeah. cut off the rest of her tour because she has vocal issues. I know. I, I That was really sad, but I will go to that Halloween Horror <laughs> Nights maze. But so far, Don't Worry Darling has a 42% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. But nobody's seen it, so I don't listen to Rotten Tomatoes before the film comes out. You have to listen to Rotten Tomatoes. No. If it's not on Rotten Tomatoes, then it, is it even a movie? But they're trashing it because, it because of what she did to Ted Lasso. I know. It's going to be trash. Uh, it's going to be good trash and that's what I'm here for like everyone's going to because buzz and drama create okay we got to go see this movie and what it's all about and if the movie sucks then it's like oh how embarrassing I think we guys. could all agree there's nobody in there that's getting any kind of Oscar or Golden Globe it's not going to be one of those movies it might be entertaining but there are going to be no nominations for this movie I think they'll be nominated for stuff really yeah, because we love a good Harry Styles being nominated for something. He's a singer. They like a good crossover. That's a loosely defined version of we. Olivia Wilde might get. Yeah, that's true. She's not getting a di best director. Are you crazy? She. It was a. It was an insane we asylum. We more women directors, and Olivia Wilde is one. <laughs> Give it to Patty Jenkins for Wonder Woman, but don't. I know oh, this is not it. But here's one that I think it will, in fact, get nominated. Brendan Fraser. Uh I am so excited for this. I love that they're still calling him the mummy actor. Uh, he appeared emotional in a clip recently from the Venice Film Festival uh, where he got very emotional over an overwhelmingly positive response to his performance as a 600 pound man confined to a wheelchair. Um Darren Aronofsky's The Whale doesn't have a trailer yet, but the overwhelming response to star Brendan Fraser following a screening of the psychological drama at the Venice International Film Festival is better promotion than any sizzle reel could buy. And I completely agree with this. In a pair of videos posted to Twitter by Ramin Setude, 
The co-editor-in-chief of Variety, the cast and top creative team behind the upcoming tearjerker can be seen reacting to a six-minute standing ovation after the film's premiere on Sunday. Per Satute, uh, Brendan Fraser sobbed through the celebration and tried to leave, but was forced to stay say forced to stay thanks to the raucous applause. I'm here for it. I love it. And then uh, and then Nick Kroll grabbed his face and made out with him. Which uh, what? What is Isn't happening? that what scared Brendan Fraser away in the first place? He was like assaulted. He was sexually assaulted, that's why he left Hollywood. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? No. Oh yeah, there was a director that came up to him at a party and like started touching places. <laughs> Brendan Fraser? <laughs> yeah, that's why he left was Hollywood. Was this when he was like Encino man? This was uh the mummy years. Oh wow. So later on. That's why he was that's why he was completely disappeared from Hollywood. He he was he was sexually assaulted. He couldn't he couldn't <clears throat> like handle it and he didn't know how to present it to the public and <laughs> That's wild. Yeah. So this is, I'm happy to see him back. I'm a little bummed about Batwoman, but which was crazy. I didn't even know that. That was supposed to be his big comeback as well was uh Batwoman. Yeah, he was playing the villain Firefly and everybody was ex- everybody thought that was going to be his big comeback and then uh The Well is apparently it. Um, and then yeah. Cuz I remember they were like Brendan Fraser gained 600 pounds and everyone was like, "Oh my god, poor guy." I bet he, like, what's he doing with his life? And then it was like, oh, it's for a movie. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I I definitely feel like it's time. I think Brendan Fraser's an amazing actor. Um, if Beyonce can have a renaissance, so can Brendan Fraser. Um, oh, this is the this is the uh the account. We found John actually found the sexual assault claim. <laughs> God. <laughs> Just had it casually bookmarked. It's in my bookmarks, yeah. <laughs> so this was back in, oh, of course, 2003 at the Beverly Hills Hotel. Brendan Fraser says, his left hand reaches around, grabs my ass cheek, and one of his fingers touches me in the taint. Oh, God. And he starts moving it around? I felt ill. I felt like a little kid. I felt like there was a ball in my throat. No pun intended. I thought I was going to cry. <laughs> Despite sending Fraser a handwritten apology, this guy denied the misconduct allegations right into GQ. Mr. Fraser's version is a total fabrication. I don't know. I mean, that that's the weird thing because that's interrupt. Sorry. If I was a grown man and someone put their finger up my butt at a party, I'm not just gonna let it happen. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine who the fuck you are. I can't imagine the details are. Wait, wait, wait. I put my finger there, but I didn't move it around. Like, what? What is his argument? I think a guy knows if his at, if his if there's a, a hand on his ass. That's really weird. And Brendan Fraser is a big dude. Yeah. So if I like just went up, it's like if like <laughs> just go up to Arnold Schwarzenegger and just <laughs> not that Brendan Fraser is Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's just like you know, if I went up to The Rock. And I'm like, hey, Mr. Rock, I loved your movie and just put my finger under there and was like, ah, ah, I guarantee you my my arm will be broken in three places. It's not just like, oh, my God, look what happened. Yeah. No, I don't know. That's really weird. But I'm here for the whale. He's back. <clears throat> I love that's method acting. Shia LaBeouf. Take note. I have to play this 600 pound man in a wheelchair. And you know what? 
guaranteed. I'm making a prediction. Brandon. I almost said Brandon Shop. Oh, boy. <laughs> Brendan Fraser will win Best Actor at the Academy Awards. Mark my words. I'm calling it. It's time. I'm ready for it. I think it's going to be good. And 600-pound people are having a moment right now. So I'm excited. I don't know why it's called The Whale. <laughs> He's playing a 600-pound person. John, Pro- probably a bit John, insu- probably a bit isn't insulting. Isn't that a little problematic? It's very problematic. Um, so, imagine if I'm the asshole and it's just about like somebody in the stock market. <laughs> I'm assuming that it it has to do with the weight because it's a weight it's a story about the character's weight. But I will feel like a giant asshole if it's about a guy in a stock market who just uh, spends a lot on Yeah, stock. what if it's like totally – we're like, oh, <laughs> the movie The Whale. It's about that big fat guy that Brendan Fraser plays. It's like actually The Whale um, is a story about a 600-pound man befriending a narwhal <laughs> uh, off the coast of Nova Scotia um, and taking care of it while it's beached. As it's a young, uh, as it's a young narwhal, and then he gets it back in the ocean. The whale returns to shore after the character has gained six hundred pounds. Can't recognize him, and then they have to like get to know each other again. And then while, you know, then Brendan Fraser's character dies because of obesity, and then falls out of his chair only to get washed back into the ocean with the actual narwhal, and then they can swim together. I'm sweating because I think you're right. I think that's the story. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> and then we play the song from Free Willy. Hold me like the River Jordan. Was that not the best song? If there was ever a song about a goddamn kid and a whale, Michael Jackson nailed it. The song, not the kid. <laughs> <laughs> mm. So we went from uh, Brendan Fraser, Venice Film Festival. I'm exhausted. There's like 17 more days left of it. We'll see what happens. Who's going to win the grand prize of it all? I don't know. Probably RuPaul. She wins for everything. Um, But we did talk about how uh, Olivia Wilde is Hollywood's new succubus, apparently. And I had to find this story. I had to throw this in there because you know I like my weird and wild, not Olivia Wilde, but just wild in general stories. A padlocked vampire grave, yes, (laughs) was found in Poland. Of course it was, with a sickle over the neck. As I told you at the beginning of this podcast, Labor Day is over. It is officially Halloween. If Mariah Carey can call Christmas on November 1st, I can call Halloween on September 1st. I'm going to read this to you guys because I thought this was amazing. Archaeologists from the Torun Nicholas Copernicus University, what? Have found a grave from the 18th century containing a female vampire. Ah, <laughs> uh, I love supporting vampire women. <laughs> <laughs> The future is vampiric women. <laughs> oh, Jesus. The future's female vampires. Uh, so this woman, uh, 
had a female vampire buried with her and a sickle over the neck to prevent her ascension to vampirism. The concept of a blood-sucking spirit or demon consuming human flesh has been told in the mythology and folktales of almost every civilization throughout centuries. One of the earliest vampiric depictions stems from cuneiform texts by the Akkadians, Sumerians, Assyrians, and Babylonians where they refer to demonic figures such as the Lilu and Lilitu. During the late 17th and 18th century, the folklore for vampires as we imagine became rampant in the verbal traditions and lore of many European ethnic groups. They were described as the revenants of evil beings, suicide victims, witches, corpses possessed by a malevolent, oh god that's hard, malevolent spirit or the victim of a vampiric attack. During the 18th century, vampire sightings across Eastern Europe had reached its peak with frequent exhumations and the practice of staking to kill potential revenants. This period was commonly referred to as the 18th century vampire controversy. I mean, they could have come up with it with a better period name, you know? Why? It's the 18th century vampire controversy. Archaeologists found the burial near there's a lot of Z's and C's in this word. Sure. A city in northern Poland. An anthropological... I can't talk today. It's the heat. Hold on. It's the heat. Huh? It's the heat. I think I'm having a Chris Pine stroke. <laughs> yeah. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game, including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. An anthropological study, there we go, revealed that she had protruding front teeth, suggesting her appearance may have led superstitious locals in the 17th century to brand her a witch or a vampire. In fear of her ascension, a sickle was placed around her neck while a padlock was tied to the toe on the left foot. Well, that's sad. She was just a big old buck tooth girl. She wasn't a vampire. She just had a mouth. <laughs> she had a ba- Look, can we see her teeth? Do we have? I think it's that picture, no? No. Not that one. Is it this that one? Oh. Oh, yeah. She was just she just had big teeth. She just had a bad dental plan. She just needed you know what sucks? They didn't have Invisalign back then. Think how many witches and said vampires could have stayed alive if they had Babylonian Invisalign. Yeah. I love the mythology on it, but then I'm like, oh, that's sad. She was just some girl. They were like, she's got buck teeth. Kill her. 
<laughs> She's the Antichrist. Bury her alive. God. I do like the folklore of it all, but that was just kind of sad. Just some bucktooth girl out there just trying to make a living in Samaria in the 17th century. And some guy was like, she's not going to take me out on my offer to take her out to a fancy restaurant. She's a witch. Oh. Come back and haunt, girl. Come back and haunt. Speaking of the Antichrist, Britney Spears. <laughs> Britney Spears, I know, it's a lot. I'm getting exhausted. I'm kind of like, ugh, exhausted by the whole thing. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, there was an interview not too long ago where they interviewed uh, her son. And he went on the record saying, like, we haven't seen our mom. And, like, she's, you know, we hope we can get together one day and be normal and this and that. They didn't go to her wedding, all this kind of jazz. But... Brittany, being Brittany, wanted to take the high the higher route, so she posted on Instagram an audio story and considers herself an atheist. What? I want to cue the like the uh, God warrior lady. It's not Christian. <laughs> no, she doesn't believe in God. It was the, yes, she believes in the sun and the moon and the this and the that. Oh, God, I love God Warrior. She's the best. So last week, her youngest son, Jaden, who's 15, um, who is the child of her and Kevin Federline, said in an interview that the conservatorship Spears was under until this past November may have gone on too long, but that his grandparents were not, quote, quote, bad people. He added that he hoped she got better and that he was praying for her. Um Federline also said that Spears's father saved her, quote, quote, with a conservatorship. So now Brittany has gone on to like pretty much talk about how awful her parents were. Um, she's doing this thing now where she's posting stuff and then it gets deleted. So people have enough time to like save it. So here's a portion of what Britney Spears said. So <clears throat> she she's going on and talking on Instagram about her 15 year old kid. So, Jaden, as you undermine my behavior, just like my whole family always has, with hope she gets better, um, I will pray for her. Pray for what? That I keep working so I can pay off my mom's legal fees in her house? Do you guys want me to get better so I can continue to give your dad forty grand a month? Or is this the reasoning behind you guys deciding to be hateful is because it's actually over in two years and you don't get anything? It sounds me, not one of you, have valued me as a person. You've witnessed me, how my family has been to me, and that's all you know. Like I said, I feel you all secretly like to say something's wrong with me. Honestly, my dad needs to be in jail for the rest of his life. But like I said, God would not allow that to happen to me if a God existed. I don't believe in God anymore because of the way my children and my family have treated me. There is nothing to believe anymore. I'm an atheist, y'all. And if that is not a shirt that we can sell at the Just Saying podcast, I don't know what is. I'm an atheist, y'all. I'm an atheist, y'all. Yeah. Stop believing in God, y'all. I'm an atheist, y'all. That's the, ne the, the name of her next single. Now, I'm happy that she's having this, like, resurgence of her in pop culture and everything. I get it. She's been through a whole bunch 
I'm on the fence here because I love that she called out her kids saying, y'all have two years left and I don't have to give you a goddamn dime. So I think that's part of it. Like, y'all are about to turn 18. Y'all don't get shit. And there's also video of her, like, yelling at her kids, much like my mom did, much like all of your parents did, much like parents do today. Respect your mother. Um, treat her well. You know, and these kids, I'm sure, have just had everything handed to them left and right. And, you know, I'm sure they're awful. Yeah, this Jaden looks like he needs to be hit in the mouth. The kids look a little scary. And also, like, you can't just be like, oh, look, he's a nice young boy because he's playing the piano no, on he, his own free will needs, during an interview. He okay. needs to catch Mr. Backhand. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like this is actually funny because the there is an atheist group on Twitter that have said, welcome, Brittany, <laughs> to the atheist community. Hail Satan. I don't know if they're Satanists. They just don't believe in anything, right? No. I would like it if Brittany was a Satanist. Because that I would have never, because I think that would be like one of those things where it's like, well, no, atheist is pretty, you know, she's from Louisiana. She's from the South and they're all like very kind of religious down there. So I think this is a big shock to them. I wonder if people are going to be like, hashtag not my Britney. Hashtag, oops, she went to the dark side again. She is dressed like the devil in that video. That's a whole, that's an all red jumpsuit. Mm. That's what we need is some QAnon person to go like, Britney Spears was letting us all know that in 2022, she was going to be, <laughs> drop everything and become an atheist. If you look in her video, oops, I did it again. She's wearing a red cat suit that looks like the devil wearing a jumpsuit. If you, what you don't notice is that her shoes have cloven hooves in the bottom of them. We don't see the shoes the entire video, but they're there. Trust us. <laughs> Did you notice in that video that they had a microphone that there was a she had a microphone in that video. Oops, I did it again. And then they just erased it. There's conspiracy theories on it on TikTok. But you know what? We're going to let Britney Spears be an atheist. I'm an atheist, y'all. I did it. I did it. I quit believing in everything. I want to get into this uh, TikTok nonsense because... Your kids are on this. <laughs> There's a lot happening on TikTok. And one of those is perineum sunning. Oh, yeah. Bleach your asshole, kids, is the <laughs> new ancient wellness trend that's all over TikTok. And we get to the bottom of it here on Just Saying. Get it? I know. Sometimes I hate me, too. Oh, and here's this article that says one minute on TikTok, you're scrolling past Selena Gomez's latest mascara hack. The next you're faced with perineum sunning or naked people spread eagled presenting their asses to the sun in the name of wellness. Um, that's where we're at. Uh, picked up over 2.4 million views of a video. Uh, 
with users asking, think about it, why would you sun all over your body except your reproductive organs? And others insisting, people always ask me how I'm so happy all the time. Sunning my holes for two minutes a day will increase your vibrations. Try it. One user has introduced uh, her friends to the practice to help them get a serotonin boost. This is how I know there's no God. Well, I'm an atheist, y'all. <laughs> Thanks, just saying. I read about people sunning their hoo-hahs, and I'm an atheist. I don't believe in anything anymore. So, in 2019, metaphysical... Metaphysical Megan, an Instagram account run by a self-confessed mermaid mystic healer, teacher, and weightlifter, that's, that is a resume, posted a viral picture of herself engaging in a sport of perineum sunning, which she describes as an ancient Taoist practice that has been around for a while. Now, I don't even know where to begin. If I start seeing this shit... I'm going to say something. <laughs> if you see something, say something. If I see someone laying down in the park with their legs in the air, sun in their vagine, I'm going to let a bitch know. There, I said it. <laughs> um, and this person has gone on to um, sunning their bum, their vag vagina. I couldn't even say that. I couldn't even say it. I was like, vah. Many of you have been asking about the benefits of this practice. 30 seconds of sunlight on your butthole is the equivalent of a full day of sunlight with your clothes on. Okay. But she revealed the benefits she personally encountered, including surges of energy, almost immediately better sleep, better connection to my sexual energy and control of my life force, and attracting my desires and intentions with ease. This reminds me of the alcohol enema where people thought putting the alcohol in your butthole is going to get you drunk quicker. I'm sorry, John. The correct term is butt chugging. I don't work. I don't live in a frat house. It was all about butt chugging in the early 2000s. This is just vegan butt chugging. This is vegan <laughs> like 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 crystal butt chugging. This is just like, oh, you got to do. Can we see the picture of this this person? God, just. You know where I would hate to work right now? The Andas covering that top deck. <laughs> I imagine you go up there and everyone's just on their back. Assholes That's what I'm to afraid side. of. I'm yeah. afraid I'm going to go to like a farmer's market one day. And everyone's going to be buying like organic produce and stuff and, and you know how like they have a little grass section for your dogs now they're yeah. gonna have a perennial sunning <laughs> section and i'm gonna look over there and no people i'm gonna be like god damn it Re amber what are you doing hey y'all just opening up my chakras it's not a chakra it's your butthole you can't just name it your chakra no it's really good i just put an spf lube on it and call it a day <laughs> This is all, I think this is bullshit. So that's one thing we're learning on TikTok is, uh, is, is that, uh, look, they said it, butt chugging sunlight. We made it. Well, th those are the, uh, the people on Twitter that are saying this is the bullshit. The people on Twitter are, are, they get us. They're like, Hey, wasn't this like a butt chugging fad? Like back in the day. Now it's like you, you, people are out here are butt chugging sunlight. Um, can someone please pass me the study showing that 30 seconds of butthole sunlight 
is equal to an entire day of non-butthole sunlight. How insane is it that the Twitter people are now smarter than the TikTok people? Like, Twitter was were, were like the collection of morons. Yeah. And now they're the people that are like, wait, wait, wait. These people seem stupid. Well, the day is young. <laughs> Anything can change. Harry Styles spit on Chris Pine two minutes ago. Chris Pine now says, no, he did. And I dropped an imaginary pen. I don't know what's real anymore. You know what? After this podcast, I might just take off all my clothes and sit on top of my car with my butthole in the air. See what happens. I hope the TMZ van drives by. Uh, here's the world famous comedy store. Here's Justin Martindale with what? what? Oh, God. Oh, God, no. Mommy, don't cover your eyes. He's perennial sunning. Mm-mm. So that's one thing that we need uh, uh, that's causing global warming. <laughs> Here's another thing that's causing global warming. And this is a lot. I'm going to let you know the story's a little crude. But here we are. People are buying jizzy jewelry made out of semen. This is why we need to get off TikTok. <laughs> yep. It's exactly what you think it is. Jizzy jewelry. If you're a fan of homemade jewelry, a viral TikTok trend is taking things to a whole new level. Jizzy jewelry is the latest accessory trend coined by Canadian clay artist Amanda Booth. Say her name, Amanda Booth. This monster creates sentimental pieces out of ashes and bodily fluids, including breast milk, cremated remains, and locks of hair. This woman must be stopped. One day, someone commented on one of her TikTok videos asking if she had considered making jewelry that incorporated, quote, quote, man juices. Half-jokingly, she took to Facebook asking if this was something that people would be interested in, and sure enough... Because the world is full of gross people, clients begin to commission Amanda to make these one-of-a-kind pieces. She creates everything from pearl necklaces <laughs> to bracelets, and she ships off samples of semen to her workshop to be dehydrated, powdered, and turned into wearable jewelry items. I didn't tell you, this is actually our new sponsor. She's going to be sponsoring this. She's going to be sponsoring the show. Come and get your latest jewelry pieces. Use promo code CUMJEWELS. I swear. I swear. I can't. I can't anymore. This is too much. It is something that people want, and it's something that people have now ordered, she says in a viral video. So I'm testing a sample that my husband lovingly provided. Okay, relax. Lovingly provided. And I'm going to make myself a new jizzy jewelry piece. <sighs> this TikTok video has over 600,000 likes. It's attracted thousands of comments from the platform users who are all interested about the whole concept. How did you turn it into a powder, one person asked. Girl, put it on. Girl, put on gloves. Oh, she's doing this without her. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, one person at, with another concerned. That was a concerned uh, 
a concerned user saying, girl, put on gloves. Girl, put on gloves. I can get on board with this, I think, wrote a third person. No one's asking for this. I guess they are. One of, Avan one of Amanda's customers told the outlet that their husband commissioned Amanda to make a simple pearl pendant because they wanted something that symbolizes the dominant and submissive aspect of their relationship. Freak. According to the customer, collecting the sample and shipping it off to Amanda was the difficult part. We ended up opting to have my husband use a condom and then cut the end off the condom to depart. <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. I think it's time we meet again. Could you imagine going to your mailbox, checking your mail, or in my case, getting my mail stolen. Bitch, we got you on camera. Some lady went to my complex and just opened our mailboxes and stole our mail. I had a condom in that mailbox that I snipped the end off to have it shipped to Amanda to make a pearl necklace from my quote, quote, man juices. God, is this where we're at, John? Yep. We're... Sunning our buttholes and making ejaculation jewelry. And this is all just TikTok. Like, we don't know what the fuck's going on in other places. Yeah, what's happening on the other apps? <laughs> <laughs> this is just TikTok. Yeah, what's happening on Snapchat? Oh, God. <laughs> don't talk about Instagram. It's dark. It's not Christian. Y'all, I'm an atheist. Man, this is an episode. I tell you what. Well, we've talked about jizzy jewelry, uh, bleaching your butthole. Britney's turned atheist. <laughs> Olivia Wilde is uh, the, hated. De the devil. Is the devil, I guess. America's food supply is running short and worm burgers could solve the world hunger issue. Scientists have claimed. Um, creepy crawlies could be the key to solving world hunger by eating them as food. You heard me. Slimy creatures known as mealworms, just like their name suggests, can be turned into grubs. South Korean scientists have cooked mealworms or beetle larvae along with sugar to create meat and they claim it tastes authentic. Recently, eating insects has become of interest because of the increasing cost of animal protein. Um, this guy at Wong, Wonk Wang. <laughs> Not Wonk Wang. Wonk Wang University said in a press release, because the global population is approximated to reach 9.7 billion by 2050, a large jump from our current nearly 8 billion population, meat alternatives are highly sought after due to their lower impact on the environment. Climate change is partially fueled by cow emissions due to the methane they produce, hence the need for beef substitutes. For those who aren't willing to part with their burgers, the scientists might have found a solution with the mealworms, grinding them up and seasoning them to taste just like the real thing. In fact, the critters are a great source of nutrients the body needs, similar to that of meat, according to researchers, and have been shown to reduce cholesterol and inflammation while improving heart rhythms. Insects are a nutritious and healthy food source 
with high amounts of fatty acids, vitamins, minerals, fiber, and high-quality protein. Mealworm contains beneficial essential amino acids and is high in unsaturated fat. I am not eating a mealworm burger. I mean, this is, we're going to get to this story, but this is why Richard Simmons isn't leaving the house. Everything is awful. I mean, I'm just we Richard Simmons. I mean, my God, I'm not eating a mealworm burger. I'm sorry. There is a video of Nicole Kidman. I'm blaming Nicole Kidman, which, by the way, yours truly led the applause uh, at the AMC theaters after the Nicole Kidman commercial. When she looks into the camera, she goes, because here they are. And I started clapping and the entire theater started clapping. Everyone needs to applaud Nicole Kidman after her AMC commercial. Uh, let's not mention the irony that all of her stuff is going straight to streaming services and not in the theater. Well, fair enough. But girl, get your check. <laughs> if I had to sit into an if I had to sit in an abandoned theater and pretend that I liked Lost World <laughs> or like Ali, she's watching Muhammad Ali's story for the first time. She's like, <laughs> and no one's there, and she's in her Louboutins. Get it, bitch. However, she is uh, responsible. There's a video of her where she's like, I eat bugs all the time. Just Google it. Stuff will come up. Okay, we've got a couple more stories. Um, this one kind of fascinated me because Richard Simmons, like, disappeared from the public eye. There was a time where Richard Simmons was just everywhere. He'd pop up on the Today Show. He'd pop up. Um, Howard Stern. On Howard Stern, he'd pop up on talk shows, um, David Letterman, uh, Jay Leno, Jay Leno's talk show, and then he just disappeared. He went away, and there was a lot of um, conspiracy theories as to why or where he went, but after a six-year um, hiatus, <laughs> I guess... Richard Simmons has broken his silence, and he tells the Post he's living the life he has chosen. Now, this is the statement that he made, and I'm going to say what I think afterwards. So, he says he's living the life he's chosen. Simmons uh, rep Tom Esty spoke Friday following the release of a new documentary about the Workout King's sudden disappearance from the spotlight. Richard is eternally grateful for the uh, continuous outpouring of love and gratitude he has received from across the globe. He is happy, healthy, and living the life he has chosen to live. On Wednesday, Richard Simmons, who is now 74, published his own short note to Facebook, ugh, simply saying, thank you, everyone, for your kindness and love. Love, Richard. SD confirmed the message was personally composed by Simmons and was his first public correspondence with fans in six years. Um, now, he left the public eye in 2014, and that was it. So you mean to tell me that one of the most flamboyant men of a generation who was extreme in everything he did, exuberant, happy, boisterous, leaves a Facebook message saying, I'm good, thanks, Richard. I'm not buying this because in 2017, 
there was a podcast called Missing Richard Simmons, which I listened to, which I thought was very, very fascinating. If you want to listen to a really good, you know, whatever happened to podcast, check out Missing Richard Simmons. Claiming about the reason why he left and disappeared was that he was being held captive by an employee. You heard me. An employee. In the third episode of this podcast, um, there was a friend of Richard and his former masseuse. And he believes that Richard's housekeeper, Teresa Ravellas, is holding him hostage. So apparently this woman, this housekeeper of his, is keeping him there because she says that he was suicidal and like needed to um, be taken care of. So she's apparently moved in. She has put herself in control of kind of like his own conservatorship. She's making all of the... Um, uh, calls and choices like who can come in in and out of his life um but of course they're saying that's a total load of crap um there's been denials that simmons was being held hostage by his housekeeper and has voluntarily chosen to stay out of the public eye um which i'm really sad about i miss richard simmons he was wild um he says that he has problems with his knees uh He had a double knee replacement surgery, and that forced him to retire early as it severely impacted his ability to exercise. His declining health and his desire to be remembered as the vibrant, eccentric character he once was pushed, the now 74-year-old, to become reclusive so as not to show that he had become frailer with age. So maybe he is. He's 74. I mean, it's going to happen to every... Like, not... People are just going to want their privacy. They spend their whole careers in the spotlight. Yeah. I hope it's not like a hostage situation because, but also I'm like, I don't know. Well, I'm sure he he made this statement. I would be shocked if he knew how to use any kind of social media. I can't imagine he but typed But it's it. Facebook, and that's what your grandparents are on. Oh, uh, that's true. So it only, like, I don't think Richard Simmons would be like, hi, everyone, it's Richard Simmons on Instagram. Hi, you know. Hi, everybody. It's Richard Simmons on TikTok. I'm just out here sunning my butthole. You know. (laughs) (laughs) Is this what the kids are doing? And spread. Who knows? Maybe that's... I don't know. I wish him the best. I really miss Richard Simmons. He was always a character. Um, But I have to celebrate this moment right now. A moment like this. And give credit where it's due. Because let's feel old everybody get ready kelly clarkson celebrates 20 years 20 20 years after her american idol win and we are all fucking old as dirt i have to share my story about kelly clarkson but at first i want to take back take us back on this journey because she posted on uh this past weekend And reminded us all that we were fucking old. Kelly Clarkson celebrated 20 years since her first win uh, on American Idol. She was the first, the OG. Transporting fans back to a time of landlines, dial-up internet, and Justin Guarini, who is now the spokesperson for Dr. Pepper. 
<laughs> she says, 20 years ago today, I won American Idol and it forever changed the course of my life. That moment was the door that opened up so much access and opportunity and creative partnerships that I will be grateful for all of my days. The family and friendships I have created over these 20 years in music and TV are priceless to me. The Now Talk Show host said of her win on September 4th, 2002, in which she beat out Guarini for the top prize. We only get so many trips around the sun, and while I'm proud and feel abundantly blessed for the successes and failures that I have learned from, I am most proud and grateful for those friends that have, been that have become family. Without them, I would not be where I am, and I would probably not be here at all. The, um, she also thanked every single person that voted 20 years ago. Um, I will say the first season of American Idol kicked off June 11th, 2002, which time flies when there was Ryan Seacrest and Brian Dunkelman. Remember there was two hosts. Yeah. And Ryan said, get out of here. And canned Ryan Dunkelman. Um, American Idol to me was everything. Because we could still be mean. You know? If someone got up there, they're like, I'm going to sing a song. And I'm going to blow y'all away. Y'all just listen. And it was just, you know, trash. You know, you'd get like a William Hung. Remember that guy? Yeah. He was like, shebangs, shebangs. You know, th that the, the Asian kid who thought he could yeah, see Ricky Martin. I bought a CD. He was terrible. Debatable. What? I mean, ter terrible at what? He was entertaining. I was he entertained. He went on, yeah. I mean, it was a platform to be terrible, right? Mm -hmm. But you would get these singers, and the first season was so great because nobody knew what the hell was going on. There was not really a wardrobe department. They gave them all makeovers like you saw them all and you were like, gross. Like Kelly went in there and she didn't even have like any makeup on. She was just kind of like there, you know. Um, She was contestant number 2311 and she fell under the table when they gave her her golden ticket. That was like her moment. They were like, yeah, come on in. You're welcome to Hollywood. And she ran up to give him a hug, slipped, slipped slid under the table um and i'm trying to remember what she's saying her audition was i believe respect I, I don't know how you remember any of this oh god i'm gonna stay okay i'm sticking with it i think that my listeners are probably like how dare you i'm gonna say respect i think it was respect so this was my american idol journey i watched the whole cast I do not remember Kelly Clarkson at all. I have the answer. What it is it? It was not respect. Okay, it's not respect? No. Okay. It then was... it was Natural Woman. No. Uh, Bonnie Raitt? We're talking her audition song, yeah. not her first. Uh, no. Black Velvet? Nope. Although I love that song. What was it? At Last at a James. God damn it. You, you it were... was at last. Yes, it was. Yeah. It was at last. Yep. She's saying respect on the show. She though. did. Um, I don't remember Kelly Clarkson at 
all. Until she's saying respect. And it was like, what? And then they did like 1930s night or something. And she's saying stuff like that there. She popped out of nowhere. Justin Guarini was the front runner. Nikki McKibben was there. R.A.P. She passed away. There was, and then I can't even remember like who else was on season one. Tamira Gray was there. She was fantastic. But I remember Kelly was also from Texas. So she had the entire state of Texas rooting her on. We would call. We would campaign. I want to create a shirt that says, I called. Because that was the time. That was the only time you could be like, oh, I'd love to go out to that party, but I got to call American Idol. I have to make sure Kelly Clarkson wins. We would have viewing parties, and then we would all call. We would all call on the landline to make sure Kelly Clarkson won. And she did. And then she went on to have chunky, chunky highlights. And a moment like this came out, and I remember being with my friend Emerson, and we went to a gay bar in Dallas called um, The Village Station, which is now S4. And they were having a, a drag pageant there. And whoever, I, I can't remember who won, but they crowned the winner. They put the tiara on this drag queen. Drag queen is crying and has to lip sync to a moment like this. <laughs> it was my, It was one of my gay awakenings right there. I was like, oh my God. Kelly Clarkson just won American Idol, and now this drag queen is lip syncing to this song that just came out like today. And I remember her having to sing a moment like this after she won. And she's crying. She's coming out of her body. She's just like, like, I don't know what's happening. There's fireworks and shit. She's getting emotional. She's just this country girl from Dallas who's now like a, an American Idol. And then Nikki McKibben, R.I.P. Nikki McKibben grabs the microphone because she can't sing it all the way through without crying. And Nikki McKibben's like, I'm out, man, like this. And they're like, get the fuck out of here, Nikki McKibben. And they give it back to uh, Kelly. And then that was it. And then Miss Independent, Since You've Been Gone, my fa favorite Kelly Clarkson. Do you have a favorite Kelly Clarkson song? Um, I like, uh, uh, what, what's the one she, she wrote for her father leaving? Oh, the sad one? Yeah, I love it. <clears throat> Which one was that? That was No, um... I, I I like Breakaway. Breakaway is pretty good. That but Kelly Clarkson was my intro to you. I What? My before I ever saw you do stand up because I was new out here last year. I saw you at uh Goddamn Comedy Jam. Oh, really? That was the first and time I, sang I ever Kelly saw Clarkson. Yeah, you did. I sang S Since You've Been Gone. Since You've Been Gone. And that I have been a Kelly Clarkson fan. I want to meet her one day. And when I do, we're going to have some queso. We need to get her in here. Could we get Kelly Clarkson on the podcast? I mean, she was on my the, my, my old job. She's on Atlantic Records. I have some connections. We've had Heather Morris. We've had Sherry O'Terry. We can get Kelly Clarkson. I'm going to get Kelly Clarkson on this podcast. I'm going to so work help on me it. God. I'm going to work on it. We're going to have queso from Justin Queso's up the street. We're going to have a margarita, and I just want all the tea. I want all of it. Because Kelly Clarkson, 20 years, 20 more years. She's my favorite. Um, 
Wait, I'm trying to remember the song because I remember her being pregnant on American Idol singing that song and crying. Wait, oh, the one that the one that I like? Yeah. Piece by piece. Piece by piece. Yeah. Oh, that's a sad song. It's even sadder when she sang it when she like part of it is about how good her husband is and now they're divorced. It's pretty bad. I know, but she's always that girl to like get up and keep going. She, I mean, look at her. She's, I would have never thought that like Kelly Clarkson would win American Idol and then have like a hit talk show. Yeah, no, she's, I, I'm a big Kelly Clarkson fan. And you know what? She can sing anything. Anything. She's I, so talented. I will forever be a huge Kelly Clarkson fan. She's also and super funny. with it, sorry. She's also really, really funny. Like, I and don't she's know, funny. Yeah. Like, she's not just like this person they throw in front of a camera like Christina Aguilera and it's uh, like, dance, monkey, dance. She's actually personable and funny. I know. Fortune Feimster's been on Kelly Clarkson, uh, her talk show, like a couple times now. And I'm just like, <laughs> that's so awesome, Fortune. Like... <laughs> I bet you have, like, so much fun with her. That's so cool. <laughs> Maybe one day I can I <clears throat> I can meet her, too, and we can, like, talk because I'm from Texas and she's from Texas. And <laughs> I bet we're really fun, and I bet we'd really kick it off. You know? We would. Uh, my favorite Kelly Clarkson song, Behind These Hazel Eyes. Why? Because my eyes are hazel, and that song slaps still to this day. Remember that video where she's getting married? Dan Levy's in the back of it I think from Shit's Creek. That's my favorite song also. Breakaway. I, I just had the wrong title. I hate Breakaway. Breakaway is the one where she's like in the mirror maze, right? Yeah, it's annoying. Breakaway's annoying. I like Behind These Hazel Eyes. I send my rings and yeah. I learn how to fly. No, that's the one I hate. I like Bre Behind These Hazel Eyes. You like Behind These Hazel Eyes? Yeah, yeah that's, that's my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite one. I thought it was Breakaway. Breakaway. Every time that comes on my daily mix on like Spotify... Oh, it is just a jam. Like that CD. CD. I said CD. Yeah. That CD, I remember my friend Kate and I were driving through Lake Tahoe during the Shakespeare Festival. You heard me. And we would jam out to that CD screaming. Ugh, screaming every song. So I've done my Kelly Clarkson rant. I love her to death. I'm just kind of like, now I don't even know. I don't even know who, like I gave up after like, I don't even know what season. Because now all the winners are just like some dude with a guitar. I don't know. Kelly Clarkson, star forever. Um, and also, who calls anymore? Like, you can't do that anymore. I don't think it's like, hey, we're going to go to this like happy hour. Do you want to come? Oh, I'd love to, but I have to vote for American Idol. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's like a... Ooh. I got to vote. Sorry, guys. Mm. But Kelly Clarkson's the OG. Love her forever. And I want to end on a good note because good people come from Texas, much like myself and Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> These two women, this has been a weird episode. I'm not going to lie. It's after Labor Day. We literally had to scrounge the, the internet floors for stories today because everyone's like been on vacation Benifer's been married. We're all just kind of like, all right, what's next? We're getting ready for fall. We have to sweat our faces off for the next couple days. But I wanted to end on a high positive note for you guys. These women, uh, I love them already. 
These two women at a Texas Denny's realized it was short-staffed, so they jumped in and started cooking. Because what did Kim Kardashian say? Get up and get to fucking work. She spoke to women <laughs> of a generation, Kim Kardashian. So this article starts off with there was a long-ass line in a busy restaurant. Um, these women, a mother and daughter, left a concert in search of food. They had no idea that they'd find themselves taking orders and cooking the food. Sylvia Arendondo, Arendondo, Sylvia Arendondo, and her mother, Adalia Merkel, went to a local Denny's in Texas and were seated by another customer before realizing the restaurant was extremely short-staffed. Instead of taking their business elsewhere, they decided, you know what? Let's roll up our sleeves and get to work. She wrote about the unique experience on her Facebook page where she explained that only two people were working. One was serving tables and the other one was a cook. As for the man that was acting as host, seating new guests, he had no idea what he was doing because he didn't work there. <laughs> he told the woman and her mother that his wife used to work at Denny's, so she started helping to serve tables and decided to help get people seated. Um... And we all know that the service industry has been hit hard by the pandemic. Uh, they, they're calling it the great resignation. Low wages, poor management, and rude customers that abuse staff members are just a few of the reasons cited by people who have left the industry. It may be surprising for some to learn that the federal minimum wage for tipped employees like servers and bussers is still $2.13 an hour. The rest of the wage is supposed to be made up of tips, which, depending on where you work, may be split at the end of the night between other workers. This is called tip pooling. We got to pool our tips. That means everybody's making the same. Um, splitting tips after a long day of work dealing with customers who may not have been kind would understandably make some people upset, but it didn't take a deep dive on the treatment of restaurant employees. For this woman and the current customers who hopped up, they saw two seemingly college-age kids doing their best to keep the place running, and they didn't hesitate to jump in to help. Completely unpaid. They just looked at each other, and it wasn't even a question. We both knew what we had to do. Ah, Everyone's a that. hero. Everyone's a hero. Everyone's a hero at Denny's. Everyone's a hero Denny's. You got a rooted, tooted, fresh, and fruity. Is that Denny's or is that IHOP? I don't know if that's a real thing. I don't eat at Denny's. There I said it. There have been times, but I like I like people becoming the hero um, in a world of just... Blech. In a world of zeros. In a world of heroes. Erendondo and her mother. See two people at a Denny's barely making it. It's time to make some fucking pancakes. Ah! Yeah. You know what? We've got Game of Thrones. We've got House of the Dragon. We've got the Rings of Power on Amazon. I need a Denny's spinoff about two women cooking eggs and pancakes and feeding a town. And thank you to everyone who has let me know that I look like the elf in Rings of Power. Thank you so much for DMing me that. I can't get that out of my head now. Um, but also, I just love a strong woman who's going to go 
take charge, see that a Denny's needs help. She's going to go back there, roll her sleeves up, crack some eggs, crack some skulls, make some pancakes, and then go outside after a hard day and sun her vagine. Because that's where we're at, you guys. And on that note, I want to say thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. Make sure to like and subscribe. And as always, leave a comment. We like hearing the comments that you guys leave. And um, make sure to tune into the video of this podcast on Monday uh, on the Comedy Store's YouTube page. Um, and also, feel free to follow me at Justin Martindale on Instagram. And feel free to DM me whatever you want. Stories you want to hear about stories that you think need to be uh, addressed. And uh, you know what? Hopefully we'll get them on here. And as always, thank you guys so much. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Just saying with Justin Martindale. Bye.